0: And uh, you know, I think that uh, and the umpiring in that game yesterday was just absolutely atrocious. You know, highlighted by the fact that not only was Tony Larusa ejected, albeit for arguing balls and strikes, but so was Jim Edmonds as the go-ahead run at the plate with a, a three and two count in the eighth inning. I, you know, no, pitch after, clearly a ball. Yeah, and after about three seconds of arguing, it wasn't even like this was some long drawn-out thing or involved any kind of you know like. Umpire contact or something that there people was, might there
1: think, was a clear f bomb.
0: Yeah, there was that there was, was a lot of cursing going on, but I mean, you know, come on, it's baseball. It's you know what happens, and, and you can't do that in a postseason game in that situation. I, I mean, unless it's a situation where Edmonds had, had bumped the umpire. You know, I, I just thought that was a, a terrible decision by uh, I don't even remember who the umpire was in that spot. Who and cares?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's three one Houston in
0: that series. They look like they're gonna they're gonna move on. Uh, and speaking of moving on, we're going to do that as well. That'll uh, pretty much wrap things up here for extra points today. Make sure you tune in to Game of the Week on Friday at 7 o'clock. We'll be bringing you volleyball versus Northwestern from Cliff Keen Arena. Should be a good one. But for Tony Bolton, Stephanie Nicholas, Charlie Chubbs-Kellett, uh, Mike Roth, and I thought I saw Adam Fivenson before, and Steve Schuster, I'm Steve Lake, saying good night and go blue. Ooh, erotic cake. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
1: The sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of the University of Michigan
0: Student Radio. Moss knocked over to Cambolini, winds up, and he scores! Jeff Cambolini lets a laser go from the near-side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick, of Jeff Cambolini.
1: Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Grey Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is
0: Dick Whaley. And over here on Thrashy Emo Cords, I'm Jim Dwyer. I have the pumpkin mic here. (laughs) In honor of Halloween. Which apparently is uh, now America's number two retail holiday.
1: Yeah. The amount of money some people spend on their costumes
0: is remarkable. Well, the fact that the candy appears in the grocery stores uh, almost as soon as school recommences for the season. And, of course, whatever Halloween candy doesn't sell will be uh, gathered up the day after Halloween, uh, melted down and refashioned into festive Christmas goodies. And
1: possibly uh, dropped from helicopters by American troops,
0: providing aid for yet another natural disaster. Gee, which one in Pakistan or the storm that's about to slam Mexico?
1: Yeah, more hurricanes. And uh, more hurricanes in Washington. It's interesting, I think, that now we know the real reason why we went to war in Iraq. Interesting uh, new uh, memo has appeared about Bush's uh, January 30th uh, meeting with the uh, British regarding, this is uh, 2003, regarding the um, war, upcoming war. And uh, I just wanted to quote from this because I think uh, it's revealing, uh, and particularly in context of uh, Mr. Bush's stage-managed, scripted TV conversation with the troops. Wow. Where he eloquently said, how are they doing? I mean... Give us an assessment. One of the things, Captain, that people in America want to know is,
0: one, do the Iraqis want to fight? <laughs> That's not high on the list of what Americans and, really want to know. <laughs> and are they capable of fighting? Uh,
1: well, if the president is asking these questions uh, this far into the uh, fiasco. And I think we should talk a little bit about Harold Pinter at some point, uh, because he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature over the weekend, and I've heard a number of interviews with him on the BBC about the war, and he is definitely one of the most vociferous critics of the British-American occupation. Indeed. Um, But uh, getting back to this uh, interesting story about uh, a new book that's just been published, and I'll just quote from Douglas Jell's uh, Friday, October 13th. uh, Actually, it was the 14th article in the New York Times regarding uh, Bush and Blair conversations. Uh, He, uh, quote, revealed that he wanted to go beyond Iraq in dealing with the spread of illicit weapons and mentioned Saudi Arabia and Pakistan on the list of countries posing particular problems, according to notes taken by one of Mr. Blair's advisors in a new book. The new book is uh, reported in an American edition of Lawless World by Philippe Sands, a professor of University College London and practicing lawyer, and is based, uh, these comments are based on um, notes that were taken by Matthew Rycroft, then private secretary to Mr. Blair, and addressed to Simon MacDonald, the principal secretary of the Foreign Secretary, Jack Straw. Not to be confused by the Grateful Dead, ston- <laughs> Grateful Dead song, Jack Straw. The contents show that the document was marked secret and personal, and that it, quote, must only be shown to those with a real need to know. Well, how about the public? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That, that strikes me as the, uh, the people that really need to know. They're footing the bill. And uh, this is interesting. Uh, there are some interesting consequences of the fact that Pakistan and Saudi Arabia are mentioned by President Bush, uh, given the fact that they are nominal allies in the so-called war on terror. But um, Mr. Bush was reported to have agreed with Mr. Blair that, quote, it made sense to try for a second resolution, this is referring to a U.N. resolution, which he would love to have, quote-unquote. But Mr. Bush also said it would be He uh, should be worried about Saddam playing tricks, quote-unquote, and the possibility that Hans Blix, the top UN and weapons inspector, would report that Saddam was beginning to cooperate, quote-unquote. His biggest concern was looking weak, the British document says. Well, his father, of course, suffered from the wimp
0: factor, and uh, I've Well, his father invaded a country to prove that he wasn't a wimp. Yeah, violating any number of international laws uh, to arrest and basically kidnap uh, the leader, admitted dictator, one-time U.S. stooge uh, Manuel Noriega.
1: And of course, this is killing thousands. Yeah, and this is one of the troubling things about the war. Uh, At the end of the day. as we've seen throughout the, the Bush presidency, it, it's more about the White House projecting an image of the president. That's their main, um, op, you know, modus operandi in everything they do. Bring uh, them on. Bring them on. They're always trying to project this. Uh, this image that President Bush is on top of things, and he's a strong, decisive leader, et cetera, et cetera, and I was, of course, arguing back in this uh, time, back 2002, 2003, that uh, the war was inevitable because the president had pretty much boxed us in um, from a uh, strategic standpoint and a PR uh, rhetoric standpoint, and that, of course, appearing weak... (laughs) Um, at the end of the day, maybe the real reason we went to war. Not the weapons of mass destruction. President Bush's image of himself. And, of course, you know, essentially uh, bombing Iraq and bombing Afghanistan. It's interesting to note, by the way, that the four-year four anniversary of the war in Afghanistan just uh, passed, elapsed, whatever. And that's longer than we were involved in World War II. We've been in Iraq longer than we were involved in World War One, and we'll certainly be involved in Iraq longer than we were involved in World War Two.
0: Well, as Dick Cheney has said recently, uh, it may be decades. Scary stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He's uh, got the inside poop. Yeah, October 5th, he said, like, in, like other great duties in history, it will require decades of patient effort. But, of course, this raises uh, a number of questions. Uh, Chief among them might be, where will the troops for this uh, extended effort come from? Uh, Apparently, uh, Army recruiters are (laughs) involved in some shenanigans in the uh, attempts to recruit. Uh, Here's an article by Dave Lindorf entitled, uh, No Lie Left Untried. Word comes in from students in the Philadelphia area that recruiters at area high schools are warning them to enlist now when they can pick the type of service they'd like to do, quote, because there's a draft coming next year, and then you'll have no choice, close quote. It's an interesting come on, because the White House and the Pentagon keep saying that there are no plans for a draft. Well, of course, it would be political suicide in an election year, 2006, uh, midterm elections, but now consider these uh, facts from uh, Paul Roberts, how to End the War, Natural Born Liars, uh, from the October 11th uh, website of Counterpunch, which is where the previous article came from as well. Paul Roberts notes, that uh, he asks, where will the troops come from? The U.S. cannot replace the losses in Iraq. We know about the 2,000 American troops killed, but we do not hear about the large number of wounded. UPI correspondent Martin Seif reported on October 7th, that U.S. wounded jumped from 16.3 per day at the end of September to 28.5 per day at the beginning of October. Multiply that daily rate by 30 days, and you get 855 wounded per month. Approximately half of these are wounded too seriously to return to combat. And these are the ones that will be paying for their medical uh, reconditioning and rehabilitation Uh, They will no longer be able to uh, earn incomes, most likely, for their families upon their return. These are additional costs above and beyond the... Gads. How many billions? Well, well over $200
1: and counting. And it's interesting to note that the uh, most recent Harper's Index has this startling statistic. It says the projected cost of disability payments to Iraq war veterans by 2050... Based on the rates for Gulf War veterans, two hundred and eighty five billion dollars, in other words, the costs alone of uh, dealing with disability payments for these troops, uh, many of whom are you know in their teens, yep, and will collect uh, benefits uh, pretty much for the rest of their life lives. Um, and of course, we hear all this empty rhetoric in America about support the troops. Uh, you got to love people driving SUVs that have their little uh, magnets, feel-good strip, yellow ribbons tied around the old exhaust pipe. I support the troops. Uh, okay, you want to support them? Start
0: paying. Uh, well, of course we are. That's one level no. at which you know everybody automatically supports the troops, whether you support their mission or not. And of course, there's problems there too because a lot of people who have loved ones in the armed services want to think that it's for something and well you know they're fighting for freedom and they're fighting to keep us free but that line just doesn't stand up to scrutiny i mean uh, we're not under attack here at home
1: though the president seems to think that fighting them over there prevents attacks over here Uh, what attacks over here (laughs) yeah uh, and, of course, the uh, actual number of troops in, in Iraq uh, that are needed uh, to provide security keeps going up. This is interesting. Uh, in a counterinsurgency article analysis uh, dated the day uh, that President Bush uh, held this uh, little video conference linking him you know, to the questions, the stage-managed event with, with the troops that um, – Really was sort of a sickening performance by the president
0: yet again. I heard his earpiece kept falling out. I didn't see the images, but. Uh. Yeah. Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> Losing wonder, transmission.
1: I wonder if his toupee <laughs> started blowing in the wind. Uh, but anyway, military planners now say that Iraq will need 325,000 security forces by 2007 to defeat the insurgency and defend the nation over the long haul, 20% more than the 270,000 forces by 2006 that senior Pentagon officials have previously estimated Iraq would require. Uh, They note, by the way, that Iraq now has, "quotes" 200,000 military forces and police officers with this important caveat, ranging widely in quality and experience. And uh, one army expert noted that there are now 88 Iraqi battalions and special operations battalions of which 36 are rated as being in the lead quote unquote that's encouraging with the help of coalition forces uh maybe america will have to get its troops from iraq <laughs> for its future military ambitions in the middle east and elsewhere well uh, given the current state of uh military thinking within the neoconservative mindset so prevalent in washington
0: Right. And, of course, uh, speaking uh, at the National Endowment for Democracy uh, back in uh, October 6th, uh, the president said, quote, there are more than 80 Iraqi army battalions fighting the insurgency alongside our forces. Well, actually, (laughs) just a few days prior to that comment, uh, generals uh, Casey and Abizad told Congress that, as a matter of fact, there was only one Iraqi battalion Mm -hmm. able to undertake such operations. Um, Of course, it's too early to tell what really uh, some interesting skirmishing uh, very near Syria um, over the weekend. And I'll just mention real quickly that uh, the Middle East Report, a fine quarterly journal on uh, politics and socioeconomic uh, aspects of the Middle East uh, government and uh, political culture, uh, has a focus on Syria and Lebanon in the fall issue, which is currently on the stands, I strongly recommend it.
1: Yeah, and of course, uh, it's interesting that there have been some comparisons made about Iraq and Vietnam. Um, Some are opposite, some are inappropriate, some are wrong, but uh, the comparison about Iraq becoming a Lebanon uh, has been in the forefront of CIA analysts' uh, predictions about what would happen if we invaded and indeed, the rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and the porous borders of Syria and mm-hmm. Iran, provide in
0: Kurdish Turkey.
1: Yeah, provide this sort of uh, Ho Chi Minh trail, if you will, of uh, this panoply of terrorist uh, groups uh, in Iraq that are currently operating that weren't there before, uh, making the world hardly safer under Bush's so-called global war on terror. Um, <laughs> And it's interesting, of course, that uh, once again we have confirmation of the fact that the president ignored CIA analysts about what would happen uh, in a post-war society. Uh, This has been reported all summer by critics of the president, but uh, now apparently the unclassified report completed uh, in July of 2004 – uh, appeared publicly for the first time this week in Studies in Intelligence, a quarterly journal uh, that was first reported Wednesday in the USA, Today. Uh, the journal is published by the Center for the Study of Intelligence, which is part of the CIA, but, quote, operates independently, unquote. <laughs> I'm adding those quotes there. <laughs> um,
0: Don't watch the other guy's lips. <laughs> watch
1: the puppet. Pay no attention to the man behind the screen. Um, But it's interesting, um, this basically stated, uh, and Bush was presented with two classified reports prepared in January of 2003 that predicted that an American-led invasion of Iraq would increase support for political Islam and would result in a deeply divided Iraqi society prone to violent internal conflict, quote-unquote. Bush, of course, ignored these reports. Uh, Jay Rockefeller of the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, basically wants to have an investigation of this, but, quote, Republican-led committee uh, has shown no sign of producing the Senate report evaluating all of this ignored intelligence. Sweep it under the rug and make the president look good,
0: if you can. Yeah, it's getting to be a very bumpy rug at this juncture. Um, of course, Saddam Hussein will be going on trial, uh, soon, and, uh, his defense, uh, attorneys apparently have not even been given a list of charges, uh, or rules of the proceedings for this particular court. Now, uh, while I have very little pity for Saddam Hussein as, uh, a defendant, uh, obviously a fair trial is in everybody's best interest. Um, one could only hope that his, uh, part of his defense strategy might be to, um, Subpoena Rumsfeld, George Schultz, any of the old uh, Reagan-Bush people with whom uh, he is no doubt quite familiar. Um, including Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Uh, it might be a good idea to start talking about the old BCCI uh, cash shovel uh, agricultural loans. Um, again, it'll all come out in the wash, right? We want a fair trial. We want Saddam Hussein brought to justice. And how in the world did he get all those chemicals to begin with?
1: Well, and if only he could hire Harriet Myers as his lawyer. (laughs) After all, she is supposedly devoted to detail. No stone goes unturned in terms of her dedication to the president. Well, uh, And now we know why she's been nominated.
0: Uh, That might not be a bad thing, because if, if the real dirt on Saddam comes out, it's not good for the Bush family. So, maybe Harriet Myers is indeed the uh, person for that job,
1: and of course, her real qualifications are have now emerged as the President continues to defend this mind boggling choice um, she 's a church lady isn 't that special, <laughs> and she prays with the president uh, yeah, this is just unbelievable, and uh, it it 's interesting because this nomination is. Who knows where it's going to go? Who knows what the Democrats are going to do with this? She's getting this uh, just absolute avalanche of criticism from the conservative media claiming she's not qualified intellectually. Uh, And my question for the conservative media is, when was President Bush qualified to be the President of the United States? Um, They never evaluated his qualifications uh, because they uh, are... He's cool with Jesus. Yeah. He's uh, decisive and knows how to wear his suit. Um, And, of course, has spent 11 months of his presidency on vacation. Vacation. Um, He really knows how to do his job. And what the heck, Bushy, you're doing a hell of a job.
0: There's an interesting article by Saul Landau, too, uh, which postulates that George may have begun drinking mm. again. Uh, he does note that uh, Bush never entered a recovery program for alcohol and drug addiction, which he supposedly gave up at age 40, um, relying on exercise and prayer pretty much exclusively. Um, this article goes on to, it's entitled, uh, Two Terrorists and a Lush, Louis Posada and Bush's Drinking. Um he goes on to say that, well, there is evidence which has been published in a fairly uh, dubious source, the National Enquirer, about Bush hitting the bottle at the uh, Crawford Ranch. Uh-oh. But uh, Saul Landau, uh, who wrote this article, points out that uh, laughing about the source, before the respectable press got wind of it, the Enquirer revealed Rush Limbaugh's OxyContin habit. Let's face it, the uh, legitimate media has been lackluster at best and downright criminally negligent at worst in exposing the blatant falsehoods, the, the transparent uh, fraud, which uh, has been the hallmark of this administration. So, you know, what the heck. Uh, <laughs> the, the Enquirer was right about Rush Limbaugh. Maybe just that's the thing is look for the uh, drug and alcohol problems of... Uh, <laughs> The neocon bigwigs. But uh, you know, I've always maintained that the entire pretzel choking incident was, in fact, an alcohol-related episode. I mean, just to remind people of what occurred there, uh, he supposedly was munching those small little pretzels while watching a football game, choked on one, fell over a table uh, in an attempt to dislodge the pretzel, and got a black eye or a mm. bump on his head. I can't remember the nature of the injury. Well, I don't know about you, but if you're alone in a room choking on a pretzel, you probably die. <laughs> well, yeah, it reminds me of when Tony. I think he <laughs> just tipped over after a couple too many swigs of the old crow.
1: Yeah, and, and it was uh, it was old crow because he was a he was a bourbon drinker, which is interesting in, of itself, because uh, I've been known as an Irishman to pound a few, and bourbon is one thing that I avoid uh, because I've noticed that everybody. Uh, the drinks bourbon turns nasty and it's mean yeah bellicose belligerent pugilistic you know <laughs> they want they want to go fight in, the, in maybe the, that
0: was my problem when i was a drinker
1: <laughs> in the corner you know and and they've done actual scientific studies that show that bourbon by the way uh, gives you the worst hangover uh, because it can, can contain- sugars well the darker the booze the the, huh. the worse the, uh, the the worse the hangover and bourbon uh, is the darkest it's of course uh, mellowed in those charcoal uh, oaken caskets. Now, know. now,
0: you're making it sound so appetizing. If the president's listening, he'll be sneaking a drink.
1: That's right. But I did notice his eyes were kind of puffy on a couple of his uh, political appearances while he was on vacation. And he does seem to have a propensity for bicycle accidents <laughs> in the morning. So who knows? But uh, uh, the piano has been drinking, not the president. That's all I'm going to say go. on that's, that. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And uh, Frank Rich has got it right. Forget about Rove and Libby. It's uh, Bush and Cheney, or as I like to refer to them, Lush and Brainy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, um, there's some other interesting stuff here. There was a 60 Minutes interview last night about the return of (laughs) poppy production and opium uh, trafficking in Afghanistan. And a very interesting uh, statistic here from the Harper's Index. It says, total U.S. spending on poppy eradication and other anti-drug efforts in Afghanistan last year, $780 million. Amount it would have cost to pur- pur- purchase the entire 2004 poppy crop, $600 million. <laughs> So it strikes me that they're wasting a lot of money there to <laughs> just go out and buy the stuff on the open market uh, all of it. sell
0: it to the Russians ourselves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what are we thinking? Where the heck is Richard Secord and Holly North when you need
0: them? Get That's the, not efficient at all. Get the old uh, Golden Triangle military uh, CIA. Well, and that is where most of it's going, by the way, is North through the Russia and ending up in the hands of the Russian mafia and working its way through uh, Eastern Europe into the West. So
1: Yeah. A very interesting uh, fact. And... Uh, did quickly want to mention uh, Harold Pinter winning the right, Nobel right. Peace Prize uh Nobel uh, literature prize because it's an interesting selection and he's been um I've I've heard him interviewed a number of times on BBC over the last couple of years just absolutely vicious in his criticism but accurate of the uh, disaster in the Middle East uh we n- need not go into all of his outstanding uh, plays it's also interesting, by the way, that he's done a lot of screenplays for mm-hmm. the uh, movies, and I've seen, some including of these Brazil, s- seen some of these movies, um, like The Pumpkin Eater and The Killer Memorandum and The French Lieutenant's Woman,
0: and Brazil, I believe, is on that
1: list. Last here, Tycoon. Well, I don't see Brazil here, oh, but maybe they maybe covered mistaken. that up. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting how he uh, critiques in some of his uh, new. Poetry work, uh, the actions of the White House, and Tony Blair in particular, in awarding the prize. It's interesting. The Nobel, says, Mr. Pinter uncovers the precipice under everyday prattle, and forces entry into oppression's closed rooms. Quote unquote, said the Swedish Academy. And the word prattle just leapt off the page at me because I just have always thought if the British word prat in describing (laughs) President Bush. He's a total... He is a prat. If not a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably that too. Yeah. But uh, in some of his uh, um, poems, uh, including one called A Special Relationship, which refers to the alliance between the U.S. and Britain... It's consumed with bombs exploding, limbs being blown off, and atrocities committed at places like Abu Ghraib. Mr. Pinner's poems often express fury at war and state-sponsored destruction, and also gives impassioned speeches and writes polemical articles about which he once called the nightmare of American hysteria, ignorance, arrogance, stupidity, and belligerence. Quote, we have brought torture, cluster bombs, depleted uranium, innumerable acts of random murder, misery, and degradation to the Iraqi people, and call it bringing freedom and democracy to the Middle East. Well said, and I was quoting from some choice uh, paragraphs by Sarah Lyle's uh, article on Harold Pinter, awarded the Nobel Literature Prize
0: uh, well, this I'm past week. sure the ghost of uh, the great writer Graham Greene, who was throughout his brilliant career, consistently denied a Nobel Prize for Literature, is smiling down upon this uh, fairly political choice by the Nobel Committee.
1: Yeah, and a good one, uh, in my humble opinion, not only for his literature contributions, uh, his plays, and the style of his drama, because uh, Pinter, I think, is probably one of those classic playwrights that uh, you're better off seeing, really, than reading. Uh, because of the dramatic pauses and the way he uses uh, strategic uh, conversation. And they've discussed this, you know, talking over people and around people when you're dealing with uh, (laughs) significant others or uh, people in your life, you know, where people are talking at a dinner table and they're talking basically on two different tangents, for instance, that sort of thing. Um, So it will be... Maybe uh, well worth it to see some of Harold Pinter's plays come out, and hopefully TCM will uh, maybe have a Harold Pinter uh, hmm. movie night <laughs> upcoming uh, so we can Be see some, some of ones. these very interesting movies that he's done in terms of
0: screenplay. Looks like uh, that's just about it. I'm not sure if we're ready to go, but it is uh, pretty much straight up top of the hour. You're listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor, and this is Ben Gray Matters thanks to nathan for
1: engineering do stay tuned uh yazoo city calling is coming up next right here on wcbn fm and arbor and uh hope they have a little bit of an investigation into the